0: You were saying
1: no, I, I was just saying that, um, do you know, Chuck Polaniak, the author?
0: Uh, I just know of his name due to fight club, right? So
1: he wrote fight club. No, I think the story is he, he actually wrote a book called invisible monsters first while he was working at a car factory or something and uh, after work he frequently went to a bar where he arranged actual fight clubs probably because he was bored you yeah. i think and he was writing a book called invisible monsters and he was trying to pitch it to different publishing companies and just got refusal after refusal and it was just in this space of being rejected and he wrote Fight Club basically as a fuck you manifesto just to, to, to um, try to, 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 I don't know, I'm just guessing, but, but in, a, in a way just to get, get out that aggression or, or disappointment. And all of a sudden he had a book, so he pitched Fight Club to the same publishing companies and they loved it so they published fight club it was a hit and then invisible monsters was the second
0: book got it yeah
1: and he was one of the first I think or at least one of the first that I noticed when I saw fight club the first time uh was when was it 90 98 yeah, 99 like 90, yeah uh, around the time you know i was in high school yeah and i remember there was a review of that movie in a local newspaper um and the film critic gave the movie a two out of five and called it a pointless action uh, catastrophe, or something like that. So I wrote a review. I, I think I was in eighth grade or something. I wrote a review on his review <laughs> and gave him a one out of five because he was dumb. Yeah, I still think he's dumb because Fight Club is not about it's not an action movie. It's an action format. It's a movie about being a man in a modern world, being lost in purpose, being lost in identity, meaning, and trying to reconnect with your warrior, with your wild man, with your power. Yeah, your dark masculine. Of course. And also, I think there's a lot of um, subversive or anti-capitalistic ideas in that movie as well. I don't think it's in an ideological sense. It's more of an existential critique against the machine replacing clocks with plastic uh hence the ending of fight club right yeah um i, I don't think i'm spoiling it
0: <laughs> it's I think we're, like we're beyond that uh titanic <laughs> <laughs> so i mean on on the topic and i mean it's it's definitely one of the i remember watching it as well and i've been watching it many times over the years it's certainly one of those uh uh, movies that awakes something uh, inside of the viewer, especially I think, um, definitely if you're a man, most likely if you are of of any gender and sex, just due to its uh, beautiful artistic portrayal of exactly what you're talking about the the consumeristic pointlessness of existence and and life and yeah. the lack of a real experience in in our world and in society and i'm just curious to to hear you know it's it that came out 99 now we're in 2024 do you think it's more or, re- or less relevant today than it was when it came out more i mean a lot more
1: but the public discourse has radically changed because when Fight Club came out, even though it had that Trojan message, it had that embedded message of trying to bring up the the discussion about masculinity and meaning and, and basically what it is to be a modern man Striving to be more civilized, but not losing the connection with your roots. I mean, '98, '99. I don't, I don't know if you remember. there was a lot of other political topics that drew much more attention. I remember the the, the whole anti- capitalistic movement was very vital the the left was smart intellectual and not that easy to offend as the people who call themselves leftists are today that's a whole nother podcast (laughs) but there was a lot of, you know, punk rock music, especially from Sweden. We had, we had groups like Refused who were globally acknowledged as like top-notch, hardcore, vegan, straight-edge punks. Like Still, I, I see movies where they have the intro to a song called New Noise, which is still the most warrior like intro of a song I I ever heard. But today I, I don't I I don't even know where the punk bands or the hardcore scene is at. I I, I don't meet people who have the X on their fists. I don't and and I and I, I know that the formats for, for political engagement changes over time of course but maybe it moved to forums or to the internet or or a cynical part of me also think that a layer of it is uh, has been transformed into clicktivism like if i put a black square on my instagram uh, i show solidarity with black people no you don't. You haven't done shit. You haven't even left your house. That's not activism. That's nothing. That's it's air. Because when 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 we did something that we believed in, we actually put time and effort and we took risks. We went out on the streets and we showed our disappointment, our frustration with our bodies, with our voices. Uh, We wrote articles and we tried to to actually make a change and not only push the like button. I think a lot has changed and it's a totally different landscape. Um, And just as a thought experiment, what would you think if a movie like Fight Club was um, premiered? today?
0: I believe that if it came today, I mean, the way I see Fight Club is definitely um, a form of rebellious, active, activation movie. And I just by looking at it and and, and feeling into the movie's soul, feel this like explosive Energy connected towards it and and where I could see um i mean that's that's what i why I was sort of what I was tapping into there was looking at the ending of fight club and and what they actually accomplished towards the end, I mean they obviously create change, they blow the whole thing to the ground mm. and where I'd like to see it's just that they're using a lot of more tido energy, I'm sure you know are aware of the. The differences there between libido and and mortido, mm. and and it's something I've noticed. Libido before. is the strive for life, and mortido is the strive for death. Exactly, yeah. exactly that's And and there, I, I like looking into the the men's work today and men's movements. I am beginning to see that there are two there are two camps really. There are the ones who are not only waiting for the war, but also uh, I sense a longing for the war. Uh in in different ways. They are preparing for some ultimate destruction of society. And they are preparing themselves for a warlike scenario. Literally or symbolically? I think both. Yeah. Like some more literally. Yeah. Like some all the way, you know, mm-hmm. preparing in that that stance. Others Think of it more as uh, energetic war, energetic, uh, a place where uh, we'll have a big, big, massive change. Yeah, something to fight for. Exactly, exactly. And I I can sense that there's, uh, for many, uh, many have been, you know, in that mindset of thinking for so so long that they have connected their sense of purpose, life purpose towards it and waiting for it. Mm -hmm. And then you have a libido energy and uh, the other other types of men who acknowledge the need for improvement in society, acknowledge the need for a realignment of our values as, as a, a human species. So are we running for profit first or value first? Uh, value first, meaning we whatever we do, the, the companies we create, uh, our behavior is driven by ultimately a need to create value for the world, for right. those that we love, mm-hmm. for ourselves, for others, and then profit. Yeah, and I believe that will switch alone. It's gonna create once that switch really takes place and happens in people. You're gonna have not a destruction of society, but a complete reformation of society towards uh, uh, a better world, not necessarily including a war. In that way and i'm just when i think of Pi club i i think about the mortido energy mm. and i have because we all have both energies inside of us yeah the big want and need for life and the big need for death and and they're both tempting yeah. or sometimes i believe i personally i like that sense of drawing towards the death and and but they're um yeah the, if, if this came today, this movie, I, I think it would receive a reaction which is um, mature, a suggestion like we need something more mature, a more a mature approach towards what is needed. We know of the problems of the world. What we are striving for and looking for today is actually men who can drive and provide leadership and say, okay, where do we go from here and how do we build from here? Mm. Yeah, I think we're going to see both.
1: I think we're actually seeing both. I don't think there's an either or. A friend of mine who's been researching radicalism and radicalized groups for 30 years now, both religious and ideological groups, once told me that you could see two flows in the world. It's, it's parallel, and and they're both very strong, and they feed each other, and they're kind of reactions to each other, almost like polarities, and it's a hyper progressive movement and a hyper conservative movement, and the world has always been like this, but now when it's all interconnected we sense the movements and the nuances of the changes more because we're Mm. it's almost like you know a spider web the spider can sense the vibrations from the edges of the web because they move through the web and i think that's uh, a good way, uh, a met- metaphor to to understand what the internet is, um, and we're all spiders in this web. And if a spider on the other side of the world um, get contaminated or or is is uh, receives a virus from, let's say, a bat, <laughs> that vibration or that virus will move through the web. Uh, in a different manner than before because before we were just scattered spiders with no web um, living in small tribes and then smaller villages and then cities and regions. The region was a web in itself as was the city and the village and the tribe but now it's like a tribe of tribes. It's like that's the global web. Maybe that's why it's called the World Wide Web.
0: Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say here is really um, that both need to exist, that uh, and both is what creates evolution. I don't know about needs to exist. I didn't just think that they do. They do. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll, I like that as well. And 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 this this idea of either or, I believe, is. Uh, um, Rather naive naive way of looking at life as well.
1: Yeah, it's a false dichotomy. It's exactly. not true.
0: No. We have everything inside of us. Yeah. And also whatever the state of the world is is inside of me. Yeah. So in order to to solve whatever I believe needs to be solved, I first need to acknowledge that okay, right now we have two or three conflicts in the world happening at the same time, simultaneously. Dive deep into myself and see what what inside of me is causing the Israel Palestine conflicts. Hmm and and noticing that we we are all in that say way collectively as one unit hmm. mm. we're coming right into <laughs> a beautiful conversation here and uh i want to just take a beautiful step back sure not sure it's, it's beautiful and also that i'm sitting <laughs> but and just welcome everybody to the podcast how do men and this podcast as an intention to build conversation, to co-create, co-learn, and ultimately do all of this in order to find solutions, tools, and concrete tips for the modern man hmm. and I like that yes, that's what we uh, we're here to do, and to, for, to to highlight some of the rules or principles that we strive to adhere to in the podcast. We're listening in to before every every conversation, we're reaching out to you, the listeners, to ask for advice, suggestions, comments, thoughts, challenges of things that you want us to talk about. And from those comments, uh, we select and build out every program. So I just want to thank everybody that has suggested things, uh, come up with different solutions or suggestions for this episode together. With my beautiful friend Navid Mudiri, happy and to be here. Very happy to have you here. I mean, Navid, you're a writer, speaker, podcaster, the author of Yokana Feel?" with Biornatiko.
1: I may be wrong. Uh, there's actually a,
0: an English version of that book flying around the world. I may be wrong. Mm. Yeah, you're also the um, the host of. Hürkanvi, the podcast, yeah. and Måndomsprovet. How would you say Måndomsprovet in English? God. Oh, what do you call
1: that? It's that initiation between boy and man.
0: Something like that. Yeah. Um exactly. M- Men's initiation tests. Yeah. Yeah.
1: An initiation to become a man. And and Hürkanvi is uh, Swedish for how can we, uh, exactly. which is basically uh I was inspired by podcasts, um, long-form podcasts from Joe Rogan, um, Russell Brand, Sam Harris, and inviting that kind of format and, and approach to the public discourse in Sweden. So we started that podcast in the beginning of 2018, and the premise was, let's talk about the things that are difficult um, that are the base of conflict, friction um, and um, polarization. And let's talk with the people that we're not supposed to talk to and invite thinkers, thinkers, uh, activists, uh, provocateurs from different walks of life and ideological perspectives to a respectful and powerful dialogue. Mm. And let's not cut anything out. Let's not edit it and just presume that people are mature and conscious enough to think themselves we don't need to tell people what to think and we did that for five years uh i think that podcast changed me in the core um i didn't know what i was diving into i never do um i do and then i think and i evaluate and i see all my all my shadows my errors and And uh, I mean, I feel scared a lot. I feel a lot of uncertainty and, and anxiety because I choose the I often choose the the road less taken to paraphrase Robert Frost's beautiful poem. Um, because it's more interesting. it's more fun. I mean, if there's a path where everyone else have been, you know, walking, uh, and there's um, a clear path, and there's lighting, and and you could see where the path is going. I mean, what's the point of that? I mean, just following others, it's much more meaningful to contribute with the exploration of the road less taken,
0: but it's also. Scary as hell <laughs> mm. Ah beautiful I mean and and thank you for opening up there a bit more about uh, your your experience with how can we the podcast and and I mean, I've been knowing you now, known you closer for uh, for some two or three weeks, yeah. and this man crush is uh, is just growing, <laughs> but what what I'm reading and feeling from you is just I get this experience of, of versatile versatility chaos like positive chaos and being that you're a man in the arena yeah uh you're not a bystander a by- bystander who looks upon others you're actually one of the people that that you throw yourself into the challenge yeah and knowing that you will fail seeing failure as a natural and very important part of growth and evolution. Mm. And I believe that is one, one of the reasons why I feel so called and connected towards you. Um, I share many of those values myself. And um, I just want to say again, I'm super happy to have you here.
1: Mm, and, me too, it's mutual. I mean, it takes two to tango, right? It takes takes 2 men man-to-man
0: crush. That's the thing.
1: So I, I, I told you the first time we met, it was so effortless because I didn't need to explain myself to you. I could just be myself with you, and that's nothing that I take for granted at all. That's been a really difficult thing for me to just show myself as I am, um, because I have not always felt welcome.
0: Mm. I can imagine that, and and that's one of the questions that I want to listen to to hear you talk a bit more about your your journey into. Your, your man, which is today, you know. But before that, I, I want to set out in the same way we start all these conversations, which is what does being a man mean to you? And perhaps, if you want, you can tie it together into how did you evolve to where you are at this point? What were some of the defining moments in, in that journey?
1: Being a man means to work, and contribute, and to serve something larger than myself. That's the core of it. And how I do that has changed through these 40 years and will change ahead as well. I mean, the formats, the vehicles for, for that journey are different but the direction and the purpose is still how can I serve? Um, what is needed? Um, where are the problems and what tools do I have or what tools do I need to gather and master to be able to serve? Uh, one of my mentors, Björn um, Nattiku, who is the main character and the author of the book, I May Be Wrong, who was a Buddhist monk in Thailand for 17 years and then came back to his home country, Sweden, and started to spread his knowledge in the corporate world and uh, arranging retreats and meditations. He has this saying that the meaning of life is to find your gift and give it away. And, you know, that question, what's the meaning of life, is one of those questions that's been around for ages. And it's sometimes a question that some teachers or, or uh, people who sit on wisdom explore, some even try to answer it. But it's also a kind of a it's a question that opens up for, for a lot of exploration and, and discussion and dialogue. And I think that Bjorn received that question a lot because of his position and his wisdom and, and, and uh, love, and started to at least try to answer it without giving. Too straight of an answer if you know what I mean and I think that answer that that golden nugget of his is one of the most profound answers to that question that I've found during my um, journey yeah so that's being a man um, um, working for something greater than myself um, striving to to be in service in a, a bigger cause or purpose and be supportive protective um, provide um, and, uh, and give to my family, my, my friends my brothers and the people I meet across the path yeah
0: hmm Beautiful. Hearing you say that, it's really about a sense of not only putting yourself out there to service, but also adapting to whatever your surrounding needs mm-hmm. and learning whatever you need to learn in order to be of the best possible service for where you are right now mm-hmm. and what your surrounding needs. Yeah. And it's almost like i I know you said uh, you mentioned tools and it's almost like the way you you see a man is that the man man is a tool Mm -hmm. he's He's like almost i think the screwdriver yeah but or
1: or or almost like a swiss army Army knife right yeah yeah Yeah. and i mean i i i see the potential and also um when we talk about this i just feel like a lot of enthusiasm of all the things that i still don't know and the um, abilities and capabilities and, and the knowledge that i haven't found yet i mean i'm 41 it feels like life just started you know and i feel more curious and and open for for every year i feel more childlike the older i get if that makes sense doesn't need to make sense, but that's how it is. <laughs> uh, to, 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 to find more of those tools to put in that Swiss army knife, to be able to, to share them. Mm-hmm. There's no need to learn stuff if I'm not able to show stuff. It's, it, there's no reason for me to do things for myself. I've been having this discussion with my partner, with, with my friends, and, and sometimes, you know, people say, and they say it from love, like, maybe sometime just do something for yourself. And I've tried, but I don't know how. Even when I rest, even when I go on vacation, even when I meditate, I do it to be able to show up. When I learn something, when I read a book, when I look, uh, at a when I watch a new documentary or listen to a podcast, I always think, when I'm done, who could benefit from this besides me, or how can I invite someone? Uh, what do I need to to write in an Instagram post for more people to be able to explore this golden nugget that I found, to curate, to 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 inspire, and that's the kick for me. I was talking to a friend. Um, this morning actually about being the notion of being famous right Uh, and i'm not famous in that sense but sometimes you know people approach me and and they've listened to a podcast or they read a book or they saw me doing something that they liked and, and that's really beautiful to 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 be acknowledged not to get the confirmation for myself but being acknowledged uh, in the sense of that someone got something from it, and and my daughter, uh, when she was uh, when when she was younger, I think maybe when she was seven, eight, and sometimes I was, you know, I was doing something with her, and 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 we were going, let's say, we were going to the movies or something, and someone saw me on the street and and said something nice about something that that i did and i'm kind of a shy guy uh and and i feel you know just the first couple of minutes when when someone does that i feel kind of kind of awkward uh and and after that person left my, my daughter just looked at me with these sparkling eyes it was like she felt that energy as well and she asked me oh dad is it Is it fun to be famous? I was like, no, it's actually quite awkward and and feels weird. I'm not relaxed. I don't feel comfortable with people recognizing me. But I love when I hear that they got something from what I've done because that confirmation gives me... uh, Gives me strength, gives me energy, gives me like uh, confirmation that I'm on the right path of being in service and that things that I do actually matter to other people. But if I could, if I could go back in time to when I started, you know, speaking up, um, writing, and actually, you know, sharing my voice, my messages, my, my, poems my my articles my my songs my lectures when i was i started early i was i think i was 15 or 16 if i could go back i think i might have not published these pieces under my real name i think i might have had a different strategy because it's limiting you know Mm. um um, i i i would have gone on a more i don't know like you know banksy or or uh, writing books under pseudonym and 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 actually being more free to express myself than i might have been
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And and you know what comes up in me and when you say this is almost like, uh, I mean, we, we've talked a lot about how the world of personal development and whoever does a lot of this type of work on themselves are usually met with a lot of uh, different values such as surrender, acceptance, flow, and mm. and, and that we both agree have uh, uh, usually have a bit more of a feminine uh quality for period, sure and the tendency yeah. right and also
1: we as you said we we uh, as i think it was walt whitman who said i contain multitudes yeah so we have both the feminine and the, the masculine thing. aspect within us right so it's there, there's nothing wrong for a man to explore feminine traits flow surrender acceptance as you and 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 i have been doing as well so so that's that's not like a wrong turn or wrong path but but it could go too far and i think in in the therapeutic world and also in the personal development world it's gone uh, it's tilted a little bit too much to the feminine i think
0: i believe so too and i believe that and 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 i think there are some some very natural reasons for it as well it's it's the fact that many women and women tend to be have have spent like the majority of the personal development space is today uh still filled up by a lot of women so it's natural to see that retreats suggestions are built and designed by women or towards geared towards uh uh, someone with a more feminine essence like Mm. feminine energy inside of her than the masculine but what i hear you say here which is very it's almost like something Vibrates inside of me because I just, there just came up a word in me when you talked, which is surrendering to service hmm. whereas maybe the feminine is surrendering to life as a as a, someone who, who cultivates a lot of masculine energy, a big part of the the life journey is to surrender him or herself, most mostly him, to this act of service and and really allowing for yourself to just become this tool because i've also noticed over the over the years of of you know diving deeper that i this this whole thing you said about doing things for myself it it is really it's almost like a, a peel of an onion actually falling off from myself and at first i was resisting it a bit because uh, I notice it in, in in even a lot of my friends now. Many of my friends have turned into business colleagues. I've started working together with most of my friends. Mm. And when I read, I read for the sake of learning in order to grow myself and to be able to do better and to give more. And I I remember when I first started noticing this happening to me, also another thing is a sense of responsibility yeah growing through having a sense of responsibility my my wife is pregnant mm. and from that moment on in this notion it really accelerated my sense of like wow okay i have like massive responsibility now for for creating uh as best to, to the best of my ability a safe space and container for my future family and
1: but and, and also I just want to add, I don't think that women I mean, on a, on a group level, of course, there's always variations. Um, but on a group level, I don't think that women need to focus on um, striving for service because they are. I mean, being born as a girl or a, you know, growing into be a woman is to be of service is uh, being nurturing is being a caretaker and and being like a service station for this new life from like from the from the second of of you know um where where when the when when the magic gets going and and the fetus starts to grow they are actually in service and And I think that's one of the reasons, uh, as a man, we need to invent our own purpose. We need to invent our own project. We need to invent um, the service we need to be in because it's not that um, obvious. Um, A friend of mine, Erik Färnholm, once told me, we were talking about this or, or a topic similar to this, and he asked me, Who taught you that you would be happy by asking yourself what you want? So who taught you that you would be happy by asking yourself what you want? He actually explained to me that asking yourself, what do I want? What do I want? What do I want as a man is basically a gateway to depression and anxiety, because that's the wrong question. The question to ask yourself as a man is, what do they need from me? And how can I meet that need? What tools do I have right now? And what tools do I need to find to be able to serve that need outside myself? So you need to tweak that question. Asking yourself what you want as a man is being a boy, and that's fine. I mean, for a while, we're boys, and we have needs, and we have mother, father, uncle, aunt, tribe, you know, grown-ups, teachers, elders to help us to fulfill our needs. But after a certain point, you're not a boy anymore, and then you need to flip that question. What do they need from me now? And how can I? How can I cultivate those um, capabilities, or uh, have the tough and hard experiences or adventures to become the man that the world needs right now?
0: Yeah, very much reminds me of the early days of looking into men's work, initiation rites, and I, I, I remember reading exactly that, you know, boys serve themselves, uh, men serve something else, something larger than mm-hmm. themselves, and also got me thinking about um, the boy archetypes maturing into the, the man archetype. So you have your divine child mm-hmm. believing that the universe is completely centered around me. Uh, which is important yeah. when I grow up, and then yeah. maturing that into the king energy. And you have yeah. the hero uh, with its um, sense of invisibility, invincibility, uh, also a sense of uh, slight aggression uh, in order to be able to cut himself off the mother, yeah. and that growing into then the warrior energy, yeah. which is there to protect and also to take action.
1: And then from, you know, From there on, from king to to wise man or elder. I mean, that's also something to talk about, especially here in Sweden. I mean, where are all the elders? I know. Where are they? Where is... They're sitting at home waiting for us to, to call them and ask them for advice. I mean, it's up to us. It is we're not asking them for advice we're not asking them about their experiences we're just putting them in homes i mean it's depressing i'm i'm i i grew up i mean um i was born in iran but but we left when i was 2 so um in 1985 when we came to sweden from there on i had like these two parallel cultures and I had the Persian culture at home um and I had the Sweet- Swedish culture um in school or or outside of my home and what I saw early on was there was a lot of differences and one was not only how you address and talk to elders but also the function the role of the elder my grandmother uh who's uh like I mean, is if there's anyone that I got my warrior energy from is my grandmother. She's 94 now. <laughs> she 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 I believe she was uh, forced into marriage when she was eleven. She had her first child when she was fourteen, and I think she had eight children and five are still alive and her husband died in the 60s so she she raised eight kids by herself and she's like yay (laughs) high she's small but explosive (laughs) and (laughs) and she's illiterate both in farsi and swedish english she cannot write she cannot read but she can talk, and when she talks, everyone shuts the fuck up. All the men, all the warriors, everyone is just silent and just listening to her and she 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 was basically the matriarch of our family of our of our tribe she still is and when while growing up i I, I saw that the the um the values that i learned at home were really different than the values i learned in swedish culture or swedish society um when i went to my friends to to hang out or play i never saw any elders and if i did they were just you know in a room put there with a blanket and watching tv like zombies or put in a home somewhere. Maybe they got a visit every third month. My grandma was living with us all the time and it has its, its pros and cons, of course. But I mean, now I, I, I only feel grateful for, for having that and also passing that on to my daughter to 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 look for and to ask for advice and and to invite elders to support her um yeah
0: i mean completely and this is really i i love that you brought that up and and for me being a like, raised here in sweden for me this is a deep programming uh that i i believe we all like everybody needs to be reminded about many many times over in order to for that to begin changing like you said, where are the elders? Uh, where are all the older men? Yeah. And why aren't they installed to teach us younger men on what it means to be a man? Yeah. And and nobody ever held a conversation with me about any of that. I know. And and not my father and not his father and and like uh, that, that broken fatherhood lineage, uh, the role of the elders as well as mothers.
1: Boys raising boys raising boys.
0: Yeah so yeah yeah. Those. So this is the, and that uh, that I believe is a episode we got to dig much deeper into over the course of this uh, this podcast journey. Mm-hmm. And I wanna I wanna gently bring this over now to to talk a bit about leadership. Yeah, because ultimately, I mean, you are a person that has been now involved in the in the men's movement or men's movement, not necessarily, but the men's work of Sweden. Yeah. Uh, for some time and. I know you cherish leadership as one of the most important qualities and skills and it's something we do as well in sculpt we we always talk about learning how to first lead yourself Mm -hmm. building your internal leadership and then once you have that established within yourself begin to lead others Mm -hmm. learn um where would you say just like taking a snapshot of the state of uh, Swedish men's work today. You know what's happening and what is needed in terms of leadership. You know what is the next step. What do you see? What do you see happening there? To to answer
1: that, I think I I need to go back to my starting point, um, which was that I was a young father. I became a father uh, at a very uh, early age uh, in my peer group. I was twenty five and and uh just as now i was hanging out with a lot of you know uh, go-getters high achievers uh, entrepreneurs people who who were focused on their careers and their projects and and companies and doing a lot of stuff so uh, having a child at 25 was uh, very lonely i i didn't have any other dads around me and also at that time, there was no literature, there was no, basically no discussion. I think I found maybe one book and it was shit. So I didn't feel supported. I didn't have like a context to to ask for support or wisdom. And at that point, my relationship with my dad was, basically non-existent we um had a lot of friction growing up and um we didn't get along um, a lot of the time and and a lot of the time we did but i didn't go to my dad for advice i didn't talk to him about being a father i didn't respect him and i was you know i was Better. I was arrogant. I was not in a loving or or forgiving or understanding state at all. Um, and when my daughter was born, I saw a lot of shadows in myself. I didn't even know the word back then i di- didn't even know that the, the concept of shadows i just felt a lot of aggression and darkness just you know exploding through me i was annoyed i was s- f- scared i didn't know what my role was i saw my daughter and her mother and they felt so connected and i just i went into avoidance i i i went out just you know um kept busy working
0: and after a while i was talking sorry sorry for that welcome back from the commercial break <laughs> thank you paul simon
1: <laughs> and one day i was talking to a friend of mine uh, henrik valgren and we were just sitting on a, uh, on a grassy knoll in, in Gothenburg where I uh, grew up. And a friend of his joined us. And he just came back from a weekend. And he started to share what he'd been through. And while listening to him, I heard some of the challenges and the topics that i had been you know dealing with within myself not sharing with anyone because it was a lot of shame around that and i talked to him about it and i shared my experience and my difficulties and he just said you need to go you need to go on this weekend i think this is perfect for you and back then so this is the new warrior training, which is the initiation, the first weekend, the, the, the first adventure um, in an organization called the Mankind Project. And just to give a little bit of background, the Mankind Project was founded in the beginning of, I think, the 80s. The 80s, yeah. Yeah, And yeah. there were four four friends, four American guys who came back from the Vietnam War and they were just appalled by the atrocities and and the unnecessary violence that they saw their brothers uh, impose on civilians and and villagers. Like, they acted like animals. And to them, that was not being a warrior. That was being um, like a darker version or a shadow warrior. So they started to do some research. One of them became... coach another one i think became a psychologist one went on the shaman path and they started to talk about these things why is the world like it is why is there so much trauma and where do all the wounds that we inflict we men inflict in women children ourselves and in society at large because they didn't believe that there's like something fundamentally wrong with being a man they didn't believe in the like notion of men being born toxic so they, they they thought about this and then they realized that shit. we lost something here along the way you know back in the tribe we had this initiation where boys were actually supported and led to leave boyhood and to become a man. And somewhere along the line, we just forgot, we lost it. And we need to not only reclaim it, we need to reinvent it because we can't do all of the stuff that we did 10,000 years ago. So maybe we should modernize this initiation maybe we should look at some of the parts like mutilation was a big part of uh, the initiation from boy to to man maybe we don't need to cut our pinky fingers maybe we don't need to like uh, put ourselves at deadly risk but it needs to be tough it needs to be raw it needs to be um a real risk So they started to design this initiation process and then they came up with this weekend called the New Warrior Training Adventure, which is basically a modernized version of the initiation for a boy to become a man and not have to um, think of all these things himself Not to reinvent the wheel, so to say, but being supported with wisdom and experience and coming out on the other side, being invited to a community of men, leaders, and elders. And then uh, this other journey starts, which is to start working together for a greater purpose. But you cannot do that if you're a boy. So first you need to become a man and then you need to connect with other men to serve a greater purpose but this is in 2013 there was no community in Sweden there was no men's groups there was no um, network so I went to England by myself not knowing anyone just I booked a flight and they picked me up at the airport in a van and we just went out in the woods. <laughs>
0: and
1: I as as I said in the beginning of the conversation, I I I rarely think before I do. <laughs> and I do and then I'm just scared shitless. And when I jumped out of the van it was the beginning of 72 hours of just what the fuck i was scared i was aggressive i wanted to kill people i've never experienced anything like that before but throughout the weekend i started to realize a lot of stuff i started to realize that there's Something else, there's a potential, there's something else that is possible for me as a man. I don't need to choose between being a wimp and a fucking asshole. There's a third way, which is actually being a loving warrior and using that power, using that force and that fire to do good, not to hurt people, not to a press, not to uh, burn down, but to burn together and actually create positive change. Uh, So that is what I've been focusing on for the last 10 years regarding men's work, to actually build the community here in Sweden. And now there is a network, a community, and it's growing and we have our own weekends. And this year we're actually doing four weekends. I think I just saw it in, in Slack (laughs) that the board of mankind Nordic decided to go from three weekends to four this year, because there's so many men wanting to attend. And we started to initiate our first Nordic leader leaders. We have our own leadership programs. And when you have done the weekend. There's something called I groups uh, that are basically a men's group with a protocol from Mankind Project. So it's not just sitting around a table doing sharing and therapy. There is a portion of that. As I said, um, we contain multitudes, but it's not the only thing we do. We don't just talk. We do. And what is exciting right now is that there are these networks, both in the Nordic countries, but also in Israel, in Germany, in Spain, uh, in uh, Croatia, and all around the world, men are being initiated every weekend. So there's something brewing. There's something, you know, building. Uh, and I think the it's the perfect point in time to do that because I think what the world needs right now is exactly that. Not to excuse yourself for being a man, but
0: actually doing it right. Hmm. Yeah. You're talking about the need for proper reinstallation or rather, the need for for boys to be initiated into manhood. For that process, that delicate process to be nurtured in a structured way.
1: By men. By men. Not women. And I need to be very clear on that. And it's not from a place of criticizing women. It's not from a place of belittling women. It's from a place of experience. As one of our elders who might have great amount of respect for told us um, on the last training women give birth to boys men give birth to men so a woman has no knowledge no experience of what it is to be a a man be a grown-up male or adult man so it's our responsibility to do that and to serve the women in our community with men that's what we need to do uh and and what women do in their work is up to them so it's the same the other way around they don't need our advice they don't need us to tell them how to be women how to grow up from being a girl to become a woman the only thing we could do and what we need to do is to support them in their journey and ask them for the support and trust while we're doing our job. Mm-hmm.
0: Beautiful. And also there I love that second step as well, which is collaboration. Yeah, for sure. Because I believe a lot of I I, I remember doing the mankind project Weekend myself and what year was that? It was 2021 maybe, 2022.
1: Yeah, here in Sweden, right? Yeah. Mm.
0: So, just a couple of years ago and yeah. that was some of that uh inspired me to look into how can we create something which is more uh also accessible and how can we build men's work and men's personal development so a lot a lot of that came into to the inspiration for how we then designed the sculpt training the 100 hour uh, training which is more focused on I would say more a 360 personal development journey yeah and less on initiation rites and boys going into men mm. but of course there are a lot of learnings and inspirations there that we brought directly into the sculpt training
1: yeah and, and i see it as an ecosystem exactly so what what, what you guys are doing with sculpt and i'm actually <laughs> I, i'm actually uh, attending um uh, the the scalp program in uh, end of february right yes for the first time um so, I'm really excited and, and also scared, of course, to, to, to do that and to commit to that. It's 60 days. Um, and it's almost like Sculpt could be a gateway to mankind, and mankind could be a gateway to Sculpt. There's, it doesn't need to be a um, competition. Oh, no. It's more of a um, connection to be able to to know so if someone approaches you and, and and you get the sense of maybe this guy needs to do mkp do do the new warrior training first you can hand it hand him over to us and and when we have men who have been initiated and search for something like more consistent they they, they need some kind of you know consistency and and stability and structure, we could send them to you guys. So I mean that's where we need to work together also
0: across the initiatives, right? Exactly. And the beautiful thing is it's already happening. Yeah. We have many, many uh participants in Sculp, uh the hundred hour um core enrichment training that we we do that come directly from Mankind Project. And mm-hmm. what we notice also, I mean, looking at this t- typical sculpt uh, participant, you have, you have either or, there's usually two types. You mm-hmm. have uh, your, um, normally like a high-performing uh, character, typically like an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. someone who has achieved success in the material world and is looking for a deeper sense of meaning. Could have also begun to explore longevity biohacking ice bathing right. yeah, work, yeah, yeah. all those things and through that kind of just slipped into like wow the inner world uh, so that's one character and the other character is your uh, your typical conscious man like a man with many years of experience in the world of personal development possibly even looking to make that into a career path and and what they have is of course a deep connection to themselves However, m- many of them might have uh, missed out or forgotten about the material aspect of life as yeah. well because they have been so deep into the personal development world. Yeah, they're here. over-feminized. Exactly. Yeah. So the merger there is beautiful and and many of the guys that came from you know, your typical successful man, material successful man, uh have been through the experience of sculpt introduced to mankind project and mm-hmm. is now going to those trainings right so it's already happening and I i love the what you're saying there with the ecosystem men coming together men working together because that's really it like once you have i remember feeling that when i started doing doing men's work properly it's like okay i have i have this now but where do i find what can i do yeah and now what? <laughs> what yeah now what yeah you know what what do i do how can i activate myself how can i go from being you know we, we often talk about being um i mean there's p- pessimism and optimism uh, and you, you can be active pessimist then you're actually working towards uh, creating destruction for the world and then you can be a passive pessimist there we have a lot of people which is pessimistic about life and world the world view but they don't really do anything about it yeah you have a lot of Passive optimists as well, right? That are hopeful, but they don't do anything. Yeah, they just think that the world is going to miraculously become better. Yeah. And then you have active optimists, and what we're trying to foster and create are more men who come into active optimism, yeah. and really. But that also needs uh, an introduction to a, to something, because if I come out with this fire and I look around and I don't understand you know what can i actually do with well, that fire might go away again and then I just become again a passive pessimist a passive optimist yeah you need to invite them to to the arena to the arena yeah. to to go in there and and to 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 build that support structure as mm. well a friend of mine
1: who went too deep into the spiritual rabbit hole and i've seen I've seen this several times before, especially men who uh, misinterpret Buddhism um, and the Western uh, appropriation of mindfulness, like the Tex-Mex version of meditation, you know? Like you just take the concept, but you don't have the depth and they believe in these really dangerous notions of emptying yourself and cutting the connection to wanting cutting the connection to power cutting the connection to direction and they believe that this is something positive and they're reinforced in this over-feminized space to become just shells let go flow and and he's deep into depression Mm. he's just depressed confused and just all over the place and i see this all the time especially in the in the you know uh, so to say (laughs) conscious world it's not conscious at all it's just you know um It's almost like you buy into this lifestyle. You subscribe to this false notion of being enlightened. Mm. And being enlightened is not wanting anything. That's bullshit. That's dangerous. And if you talk to a real Buddhist, they'll answer you the same way. There's nothing virtuous about... know being passive there's nothing virtuous about not wanting anything there's nothing virtuous about belittling or 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 passivizing yourself because a big part of being a buddhist is to being be in service of your community so it's a misinterpretation of detachment Mm. Because what they're talking about, what, what Buddhism is, is inviting you to is to detach from your want, not, not having it, is to detach yourself from your identity, not, not having it. It's detaching yourself from your ego, but you still need one because if you don't have an ego, if you don't have an identity, if you don't have a want, you're a perfect victim for cults, psychopaths and really dangerous ideas and if you're just an empty shell well anyone can fill you with anything and that's not being a man
0: Mm. no that's definitely not being a man i um i was not vibrating from that last uh (laughs) uh, at all (laughs) yeah openness and uh and the fluidity um is as beautiful, but in a in a um, solid structure.
1: Yeah, but also with some kind of some sense of um, what do you call omdom in English? Uh, judgment or judge, discernment. Yeah, some kind of judgment or, uh, and wisdom yeah. of when and where you open up, when and where and with whom you're vulnerable. And when it's time to close and put boundaries, and and if you're not capable of closing your door to your soul, you're bringing that shit to your home and to your kids and to your partner. I mean, you need to. I I use I use um, something um, that I I call I call them like pressure points. I, I I I search for for where it's painful to you know push. And because sometimes that's what is needed to, to you know, get a man to to wake up. And, and often I bring the kids in. So I'm like, yeah. So you're curious about this, you know, mindful uh, space, uh, meditation, emptying yourself, not wanting anything, just, you know, being this empty shell. So I'm just, I just wanted to remind you that you're bringing this home to your son. Yeah. And then you see him tearing up, and then you
0: start working. Hmm. Navid, we have uh, been uh, going for a beautiful, beautiful one hour and the 15 now. I uh, have really truly enjoyed this conversation and its uh, dynamic flow. I mean, we started somewhere in the... Club. Quite, uh, the, you know the, the need for um the dark masculine we talked about libido mortido mm. and then transcended further into your viewpoint of being a man which is being a tool mm. or putting putting not that kind of tool but yeah, yeah. not a tool, tool like a stupid <laughs> but basically uh you making yourself into a tool for whatever yeah. is necessary yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a tool exactly (laughs) yeah and uh and uh, i really uh, enjoyed the way we then transcended further or transitioned into leadership Mm, and me too and what that is you know and and really to to get a grip on the swedish men's work um situation right now what's happening and and it's it's, I mean, I'm obviously a part of it, but I'm sure many of the listeners are finding out about this for the first time. You know, there's a, there's a movement happening. Yes. Uh, men are uh, stepping into yeah. leadership yeah. and, and uh, stepping into uh, growth once more. Taking responsibility is really what it's about. And uh, not only that, not only for themselves, but also there's a network, an ecosystem being built yeah. here. Uh, focused on collaboration
1: yeah and if you're listening to this right now if you're a man or if you identify as a boy or or anything close to that or if you're a concerned partner sister mother friend colleague um you just uh, go into mkpnordic.org. Mkpnordic.org and there's a i think there's a couple of trainings new warrior training adventures uh open at the moment but they fill up really quick so make sure that you get the early bird tickets that are uh, a bit cheaper as well and if you if you can't afford it we always have a few um, uh, options to be able to to meet the needs of of boys and men who might not have the same economic possibility as you and i and and also just before uh, we finish this conversation, I enjoyed this as, as well. I, I really love uh, the the your ability to to flow with the conversation and not you know being rigid uh, and but also coming back to what you want to get out of it. Uh, and I, I know you haven't been doing this before, right? It's 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 your it's your it's the beginning of your podcast adventure. But, I mean, you're fucking awesome. You're really good at this. I, I, I really want to give you that and 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 honor you for that. And, and connected to our conversation about the tilt to the uh, over-feminized, uh, there's a really powerful and inspiring psychologist, American patriarch. I call him a patriarch because... He's actually waiting for his fifth kid right now. Mm-hmm. Um, his name is Adam Lane Smith. Uh, and it started out by a friend of mine who um, sent a podcast to me. I think the podcast is called Modern Wisdom. Uh, and it's a great podcast as well. Uh, uh, it's, it's similar to uh, other podcasts like um, um you know the daily stoic uh, the art of masculinity both great podcasts especially for men modern wisdom it's the same sphere of you know finding the tools finding the the abilities finding wisdom and and you know learning how to be that um, masculine swiss army knife so in this episode Adam Lane Smith, the psychologist, is is talking to the the podcaster about a lot of different topics which are really relevant to to men. Uh, They talk about um, um, trauma. They talk about ADHD. Uh, I mean, you could do a whole podcast series on ADHD right now because there's a lot of things happening in that sphere as well. But one of the topics... um, that inspired me the most and changed my point of view was that notion of that therapy in the Western world right now is designed and based on the feminine. It's about talking, talking through your difficulties on and on and on and on. And also being mirrored with, Phrases like, you're loved just as you are. You don't need to change yourself. You don't need to do stuff. Which, as a man, when I hear that, I feel like a loser. I feel useless. I feel like people are pitying me. And I go into self-loathing. That's not what I need to hear. I need to course be aware of my shadows be aware of how how i can improve myself but then i need a task i need a problem to solve i need something to do and adam speaks greatly about this topic and and goes into uh, you know quite some depth depth about it um i would really recommend that podcast episode but I would also love to hear Adam here in your podcast. I'm actually being coached by him uh, later this evening for the first time, and we're starting to explore some kind of cooperation between his team and ours to get him to Sweden to do some kind of mm, conference or, or workshop uh, about... Um, um, being a man mm. and uh, masculine leadership in the western world so i'm looking forward to to connect you guys
0: i would love to have him uh as part of the show definitely wow sounds like uh quite a man mm. a lot of potency there oh shit yeah, I, yeah, like yeah. I was rocked back in my my chair when you were talking about him so yeah. he's great yeah i'm doing a podcast with him uh in a couple of weeks amazing yeah so yeah well, with that, I uh, I really want to say thank you, and also thank you for your wonderful wor- words about um, me being a podcaster and uh, doing this. is uh, feels super natural, and it's also uh, very very interesting because I just realized that there's so much learning, right? Uh, you know, going over these concepts, especially concepts that you think you know, to just hear them from a new perspective or just another person than yourself. Mm-hmm. amazing Mm. i learned a lot from this and me too thank you yeah and i want to thank all the people that sent in the questions for for this episode uh encouraging everybody to keep sending questions themes and suggestions for other guests people you want us to invite and of course if you're interested in joining the sculpt 100 hour core enrichment program beginning on the 26th of february Uh, right now we're doing a lot of one-on-one calls the way to apply is to go to www.sculpt.center and fill in a form there and you'll be invited to a one-on-one call with us where we will be uh, it's a screening call really just to see if we're a good match for each other other, and it's also an opportunity for you to learn more about what it is that we're doing and uh, and the way forward for Mm. us so with that I thank you listeners thank you navid thank you fabia amazing